Up next, right here on Spreaker, it's your boy, the governor of Minnesota. Sports talk, that is. The big, smooth Vince Wright coming to you live with sports done right. Keep it locked. It's about time you got it right. Up next, it's your boy, the big, smooth Vince Wright. Broadcasting live from the Sportstacular Governor's Mansion. The governor of sports talk, that is. And he's got your ticket to all the latest sports-related news, events, and hot topics. Are you ready to get it right? Sports done right. Up next. ready and get over here. Right now? You're darn tootin'. Don't you know it's time for the governor's weekly address? Live from the office of Minnesota's number one sports authority, 
He's the governor of Sports Talk Radio, and by way of executive order, serving you a stimulating dose of sports done right. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Vince Wright, sports governor. And we are live and direct on the Stewart Media and Entertainment Network. I want to thank you again for joining us. And what can I say, man? We are back. Another uh, fun-filled show for you tonight. And again, thank you guys for popping in here at the uh, Situation Room with the Gov. Denise Milk and Cookies already up in the mix. What's up, young lady? Thank you for joining us. And again... I am the sports governor, Vince Wright, all the way from the Twin Cities up north, y'all. Thank you very much. Yes, sir, as Doug Stewart likes to say. And by the way, I want to give a shout out to uh, Doug Stewart on the SME Network. Doug Stewart, the Doug Stewart Show. Make sure you're checking him out. Now, locally, that time is from 9 to 11 Central Time. And so make sure you check him out on the Stewart Media and Entertainment Network. You can go to the Doug Stewart, DougStewartShow.com and also go to Spreaker.com where you can check out all of our shows. And look at that. The main man, the look, this guy is master comedian, master troller, number one, even more so than Grego. Got to give it up for Stagger Lee. What up, Stagger? It's going down. Good man. Appreciate you popping in here with the sports governor. And again, folks, lots of stuff to get into tonight. And we're going to touch on a lot of stuff. We're going to kind of keep this at a rapid pace because there's a lot to go over. We got football popping off, man. I mean, the Green Bay Packers, I think, already opened camp today. Uh, Vikings go on Friday for all the Minnesota people listening to your sports governor. And it is time, man. Football. I can't believe I'm saying it. Football is back. Yes, indeed. So, well, folks, I hope you caught last week's show. We had a great guest. I, I, you know, Noy Bramble, son of former lightweight champion Livingston Bramble, joined us, talked some boxing, actually a little MMA, some personal fitness. So I want to thank all the uh, positive feedback. Everybody that sent in, you know, tweets and notes and congratulated us on the interview trust me noy makes it real easy man the gov didn't have to really do anything but just kind of sit back and ask some questions and again i appreciate it noy so again make sure you check out cardiokings.com and again if you're out there in the las vegas area uh, go check them out in person and also check them out on youtube you can get a lot of his exercises there as well uh, xsquadaffiliates.com that's right i'm rolling with my people man the x squad is doing big things not only on the Stewart media and entertainment network but we got all kinds of fun stuff going down as well uh, big plans coming up as well we may have some new members maybe some new affiliate members you never know what's happening so make sure you keep it tuned again xsquadaffiliates.com is the website you find all the information on our shows there Make sure you follow Sports Done Right as well on Facebook. That's Sports Done Right, W-R-I-G-H-T, the Gov's last name. And if you're not a member of the group already, just request entrance. We'll approve you, and you can get in there and chop it up with us over there as well. Good folks like Denise and Stagger Lee and all the rest of the X-Squad affiliates as well. And, oh, another thing I wanted to talk about. 
And I, again, I hope you all had a great weekend. This is Vince Wright, Sports Done Right on Spreaker.com, XSquadAffiliates.com. Big things happening, man. The White Sox and the Cubbies are playing in the Crosstown Cup, as it's now called, for all of us uh, with some Chicago blood in us. Got to pick a side. You know the Govs on the Cubbies side. The Southsiders represented by the Chai Sox. And it is a uh, it's a big deal in the city. I'm glad they started doing it. And the White Sox won a, a thriller yesterday. And see if the Cubs can keep it on straight. Because the Cubs, it could be the year. F the GOAT, baby. Let's get this World Series, Chi-Town, on the north side, that is. Yes, sir. Oh, whoa, little flip of the switch there. And and look who joined us. Uh, The main man, the man, the myth, the legend. He used to, or he still kind of is the sultan of late night sports talk is what I call him. But, you know, he's popping up all over the place here. And now he's doing some drive time in the morning, man. So got to give it up for not only we could do our little radio jingle, Fisher in the morning. But that is Jay Fisher, Patty Cake, Patty Cake, microwave in the joint. What's up, Jay Fish? And Big John Fisher, again, X-Squad affiliate member. Cooking with the Microwave is his show. He's also made a reappearance with the Chief Rocker Jersey Vern on the bottom to the top show. So always good takes with John Fisher, and he's going to get at it, man. Especially now we got football season coming up. That NFC East is looking real interesting, and we'll see what them Eagles going to do. And my main man all the way from Alabama, that's right, He's lucky I got family. That's where my grandmother's from, Peachtree, Alabama, the the clay country of Alabama, as it's called. But Mr. Roll Tide himself, Mr. 334 Bama Boy, is up in this joint. What's up, Mr. Bama Boy? And they are all in the Spreaker chat room. And, folks, let me tell you how you get there. Once the studio audience settles down, people, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. This is an executive mansion, by the way. But I want to thank um, all the folks listening on Spreaker. Now, when you go to Spreaker, just create a little account. Make sure you follow not only me, Vince Wright, the sports governor, and my shows, but make sure you're following all the X-Squad affiliate shows, Kicking It with Kesey, um, Eat, Greet, or Eat, Sleep, Grind, Repeat show with Man De Leon, and one of Chief Rocker Jersey Vern's show. We got Spicy Conversations for that After Hours adult set. Also, the Lonely Hearts Cafe Hosted by our main man, our main man Togo Uganda Coles. Again, that after hour set there. So make sure you're checking us out, man. Big things happening. And Jersey Vern hosting about 35 different shows. So <laughs> my main man, the chief rocker himself. So thank you for uh popping in here. Like I said, lots to get into tonight, man. We got all kinds of news and notes popping off here. We got a lot of NFL things to go over. Lots of things happening as a training camp is just about set to open here in the next day or two. We got to definitely touch on our main man, the late, great Dennis Green, coach of our beloved Minnesota Vikings. And we're going to get into it deep because, you know, Dennis Green, polarizing figure, the mainstream media would say. 
But you got to remember, for a man who, by the when he took the head coaching job, was only the second active black head coach in the modern NFL. Uh, Fritz Pollard, as we talked about back on my black quarterback history show, was actually a coach in the pre-modern era. But Dennis Green did a lot of good things up here. We're going to talk about his record. We're going to talk about his coaching tree. Um, it reaches far and wide. We're also going to talk about, yeah, some of the bad things here. The, the Denny and the media got into it real good up here to the likes that the sports gov has never ever seen between local media and one specific coach. Now I know in New York and Philly and some of these bigger, you know, shy town, LA, you know, this was different. This was different because this was in, in my opinion, and I'll get into it later, but it was my opinion, sports reporters actively seeking to get Dennis Green fired by any means necessary, as they say. So we're going to touch in, touch on that in a little bit as well. Uh, we also got some sound drops for you. You're going to hear from Chris Carter. You're going to hear from Randy Moss. Um, I, I, you know, listen to them. Listen to how they talk about Coach Green. Uh, we're also going to read basically a uh, letter from Tony Dungy, and I think that that once we go through that, that. That'll give you a good sense of what Dennis Green was all about in the end. He made mistakes. He had some issues, no doubt. But, you know, you kind of don't realize until people are gone, you know. So, rest in peace, Dennis. You were definitely a coach. And um, as you said, you are definitely on the high road. And we will see you on the other side. Let me read a little bit of the chat room here. Sports Done Right at Spreaker.com. Big Jeff Pohl, my brother-in-law, is in the building. What's going on, Jeffrey? And Big Jeff actually brings up a very good point here on Sports Done Right. Folks, Dennis Green loved playing the drums. He was a very good jazz percussionist. And I don't know if there's any YouTube or any old video out there, but if you get a chance or, or come across some, check it out, man. Dennis Green loved Popping the skins, as we like to say. Stagger Lee, we let them off the hook. They are who we thought we are. You know, of course, the the all-time classic Dennis Green rant. You know, I thought about dropping the sound for that, but, you know, we, we've all heard it so many times. So I just wanted to focus on what Randy Moss said, what Chris Carter said. Uh, but, yeah, obviously one of the great, great post-game press conferences ever. I, I couldn't believe, you know, Arizona, as he said, let them off the hook. He let him off the hook, or they let him off the hook. So we got news about Anquan Bolden. We also got news about Andre Johnson. We also got news another Gopher legacy is hitting the field for our beloved Maroon and Gold. And you have definitely heard of his father and his older brother. We'll tell you who that is in a little bit as well. We're also going to talk about the Big Ten Media Week here that just wrapped up. Ohio State. Pick to win the Big Ten uh, Conference Championship once again this year. We'll tell you where our beloved Golden Gophers place on that list in the in the West Division. We'll also touch on uh, some other things as well. We're also going to talk about Peyton Manning. We got um, Prince Fielder. He's got some issues again. And Carmelo Anthony did a really cool thing that we're going to talk about as well. Uh, bringing together some kids and some police officers to start the healing, as people like to say. So 
before we get into our first break here, oh, I got to welcome the one and only my beloved wife. She's off on official business in Chi-Town, actually. And I got to say, I miss you, babe. We'll see you tomorrow night. Angie Wright, the first lady, has joined us on Sports Done Right. And as she says, she is at a work dinner, so she she has her. She can't really listen, but just wanted to pop in there. So thank you, my lovely, lovely wife, Angie. Appreciate you popping in here for however long it's got to be. So, um, yeah, we got that. We're also going to talk about some of Dennis Green's uh, records, some of the stats. Uh, we got some very interesting numbers here on Dennis Green. And we're going to touch on that. Like I said, we're going to read a wonderful letter by Tony Dungy. Can't wait to share that with you. We're going to get into a little NBA, a little MLB news, some Major League Baseball. Now, folks, football starting to come back here. We're going to talk about the Hall of Fame. Uh, we got some inductees going in, Mr. Favre. And the news today, I don't know if you heard, Brett Favre is having his wife endorse it. Or, <laughs> really? Really? We got to laugh at that? His wife is going to do his introduction uh, before his speech. So that doesn't happen too often. I think they said it's only happened one other time. I forgot the player. I had it written down. But So is that a problem if Mrs. Favre gets up there and touts her man? Hey, I don't think so. I mean, if that's who he wants, by all means, let him have it. You know, the jokes were already flying on Twitter a little bit, saying that that New York Jets reporter must not have been available. Um, Some other things. And I see Bama Boy. Yeah, let's give him a laugh, too, because Bama Boy already out there with his SEC self trolling us Big Ten people. Little Ten Media Day crickets. Roll, Tide, roll. Oh, Bama. I really hope LSU finds a way to put it to your squad this year, man. I really do. I don't expect it, but I hope so. Anyway, man, Stagger Lee. The Hall of Fame is a joke. No T.O. He should have been a first ballot Hall of Famer. I tend to agree. I tend to agree, and we all know why he's not there. My main man's got a little, had a little bit of an attitude with some people. And unfortunately, unfairly, fairly, however you want to look at it, that's what's kept him out. He'll get in. Just he has to. I mean, you know, on, on some of these stats, he's only behind Jerry Rice. So you're not going to keep him out. But T.O., and, and T.O. kind of knows it now, too. And T.O. has spoken on this and, and said, you know, obviously he'd like to do some things differently. It's too bad because the guy's in such physical condition. <laughs> Hell, man, T.O. might still be playing. And, oh, here she is all the way representing a certain campus on in Athens, Georgia. Excuse me. She is the smartest woman in sports, not on the radio or on TV. She is the wonderful and lovely and very, 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 very cool lady, Miss Thorny Switch. I love these code names, don't you? What's up, Thorny? And sounds like Thorny's got her ears on. I'm sure she's studying. So thank you for popping in, Thorny. I hope we entertain you tonight. We got lots, lots, lots to get into. So we are going to be coming up to our first break here very shortly. We're going to get everything reset, and then we're going to get into some news and notes. Again, want to say what's up to Doug Stewart 
SME, the Stewart Media and Entertainment Network. And folks, if you haven't had a chance or if you didn't have a chance last year to get down to Atlanta for Doug's party, please make sure you get down there September 9th, which is Friday uh, through the 11th. That's Sunday. And he's got everything set up. It's the same hotel, the Doubletree over in Buckhead. I think the rooms are right around 100 bucks. I know there's very limited quality, so make sure you get a, a, a God, I wish I could talk tonight. Get your rooms reserved. And um, yeah, exactly. And get on down there, man. Lots of fun. A great time last year, and it should be only bigger and better this year. Unfortunately, the first lady won't be watch or coming with me this time. Uh, her and the first daughter got a little link set up that they're going to be checking out the Minnesota links and hanging out over there with my sister uh, has a couple friends that play on the links. So they're going to take care of my daughter's basketball team and have them over there for a night and watch a game and hang out with the girls and whatnot. So good for them. That's very cool. And Stagger Lee talking about waiting for the convention here. Oh, Big Bill. That's right. The the nation's first black president, right? We forgot about Bill. He is uh, speaking tonight on behalf of his wife, Hillary Rodham Clinton. Yeah. Here's what I'm looking for, Stagger. And tell me how you guys feel about this. And we'll kind of divert a little bit into politics here before the first break. Bill Clinton's old. And that heart condition, you know, the the heart thing that he went through here a few years back has really kind of slowed his role and aged him a little bit. Now, he gave a phenomenal speech at the 2000, uh, what was it, 2008 Democratic Convention for the reelection of Barack Obama. It'll be interesting to see if he can kind of get that same or I'm not going to say same energy because the, the gentleman's almost 70 years old now. But it's going to be interesting to see if Big Bill can go and pull that rabbit out the hat one more time, because even more so now than um, the speech for Obama last year or the last election cycle, which many people said automatically just guaranteed Obama the election. And I tend to agree with that. But we're going to see if Big Bill can go down and, and get that rabbit out of the hat one more time for his wife and see if he can really. Give you one of those typical Bill Clinton Rob Ross speeches. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to check it out, obviously, a little later on this evening after my show because I'm going to be talking to y'all. But I understand lots of things. So if y'all got to peep out, you know, just keep the gov close and, and feel free to put that stuff in the chat room too. let me know if you are listening, you know, what's going down. But anyway, uh, Bill looks terrible is what Thorny says. Cracking like mud, Bam, Bama Boy says. Uh, Bama Boy also says it should be about performance on the field, not because you don't kiss the media ass. Alexander City, Alabama owns should be in the hall. Oh, yeah, T.O., exactly. You're right, Bama Boy, but, you know, and then the real world comes into play, and unfortunately it doesn't work that way. T.O. is going to be in. I think T.O. might be in sooner than people actually think as well, so... Um, let's do this, folks. Let's uh, get into our first break here at Sports Done Right. Again, follow Vince Wright on Twitter at the Big Smooth One, and that's the number one after the Big Smooth. Make sure you're following me or the show, I should say, on Facebook. That's Sports Done Right, W R I G H T. You can also 
Hit us up here in the chat room on Spreaker.com during the show. Make sure you come in here, hit that little chat bubble. You know, it looks like the little cartoon bubble. And get on in here and chop it up with us. And also, if you want to call the governor, you can do that at 651-968-0124. Again, 651-968-0124. I'll get that number in the chat room as well. So let's do this here. Let's get a quick little break in here. And we'll be right back. And we will get the show started. Sports done right on the Stewart Media and Entertainment Network. Ghetto pastures, full of coulda, woulda, shouldas, and caskets. Situations critical, tragic. Still can't figure out how age left magic. But I guess if you make enough money, you'll make magic. It's hard to be all you can be when all that you see is death and disease. Black ministers raping the seeds. In the streets, we ain't escaping the heat, we raising it. Them seeds roaming the same streets, but who raising them? Obama ain't filling them bullets when they grazing them. Sentences don't get taken when the coroners are praising them. Nope, it ain't phasing none of them cats. Afghanistan? We want right here where we at It's a fact, love it or hate it The economy's makeshift Still gotta get paid Still dodging the haters Land of the freezer landfill Smell the hatred 2000 now Nothing's taboo or safe Life's a soap opera Prepare for speed knots landing I ain't never scared I'm a black man standing Imagine living on an all black planet With tall buildings made of all black granite No black on black crime is how I plan it But every black woman be a black man standing Failure's not an option Cause that's demanded By the earth she frail She need a black man standing Celebrate just MLK Not Malcolm Marcus Garvey Fred Hampton Or Eldridge Cleaver How do the government Really see us Integrated Not assimilated Searching for white Jesus My thesis are work in progress Too much info to process Nymphos in the projects Birthing babies With limited promise We in a race For more than land and dollars We gonna lose If you plan to follow President's policies Is borrowed Sock puppet Politics is so hollow It's a scam on the I know we black, y'all, but that's about it. That war overseas, man, that's about chips. Healthcare reform, that's about rich folks and they benefits. Freedom by any means, never been more relevant. Four cash turning credits, and I register my melanin. I be rebelling, military-minded with my regiment. Life's a soap opera, prepare for speed knots landing. I ain't never scared, I'm a black man standing. Imagine living on an all-black planet. With tall buildings made of all-black granite. No black-on-black crime is how I plan it. But every black Black woman be a black man standing. Failure's not an option, cause that's demanded. By the earth she frail, she need a black man standing. She need a black man standing. She need a black man standing. Streets knew me. Since I was a little nappy head nigga, way before I started smoking. Whoever made a figure. Way before I started the rap, I was rocking my cousin's sneakers and starting for scraps. I just wanted a little brother, plus, hand me some chains. So at night, I pray for miracles. You just never came. Pay a skippies on my feet. Running fog for the winter's truth. Couldn't get the Tim's, dog. Couldn't get the triple goose. Couldn't 
get it changed. Stepfather stole my ring and sold it. That's the leak and smoke some cooked cocaine. Enough was enough for being legit. Me and Nat started doing all types of shit. Breaking open soda machines and passing them out. All the niggas know on my name. I'm happening now. Mama moved me out the city of BK. Back to being all by my lonesome. We headed to VA. The streets knew me. Never had it goldy. Riding by my only. These niggas don't know me. But the streets knew me. Soldiers to a general. Cradle to the grave. Outstanding in the funeral. Way before I became Jay Dread. Before I ever lit a blunt and planned a blaze of the head. That's right. Way before I sold me some crack, before I ever copped the bottle, uh-huh. pour me some yak, life changed, new step pop, and a new state, never frontin' like I'm hard, kept the dude safe, never holdin' like I'm soft, nigga steady knowin', early signs of being great, I'm already showin', got a job, same time, started stealing clothes, knew it wasn't right, but it kept the boy feelin' stoned. Got high when that first time 11th grade. Couldn't imagine I'd be blazing like I do today. Graduated to community college, but instead of pursuing the knowledge, I'm moving to Scama. Got arrested, lost the weed plus. Stuck in the jail. Hope the judge let me out, cause mama ain't got bail. The streets knew me, never had it goldy. Riding by my only, these niggas don't know me. But the streets knew me, soldiers to a general. Cradles to the grave, outstanding in the funeral. Way before I became your People have spoken, and no matter how it goes down, your sports talk, it's going to be all right. So forget the GOP, the DNC, the only party in town is at the Governor's Mansion. The Governor of Sports Talk, that is. Every Tuesday night right here on Speaker, come on over and get your sports done right. Now let's get back to the show with the big, smooth, Vince right. And that is me, the big, smooth. A little technical issues there. On the board, but again, want to say what's a happening to everybody out there? Sports done right. That's me, Vince Wright, Sports Gov, all the way from the Twin Cities, Minneapolis, St. Paul, Minnesota. And Easy does it. My main man is in the building. What's going on, Easy? All right, so let's get into it, man. We got a lot to get through here today. Um, lots of stuff going on in the sports world. So let's get right to it. First off, we got to congratulate our main man, Tyron Lou. First off, yes, get up out your seats. Tyron Lou, baby. Won an NBA championship. Four months after becoming the head coach, and he's going to be very nicely rewarded, by the way. Him and the Cavaliers have agreed to a five-year, $35 million contract extension. And, man, that's very cool. Lou is uh, 39, joined the Cavaliers in 2014 as an associate head coach on the, and let's see here, on a reported four-year, $6.5 million deal back then. This, at the time, was the biggest contract for an assistant coach in in NBA history. He obviously took over for the fired David Blatt back in January, and they reached um, an agreement here. So Lou is going to get paid. Lou deservingly so, and I can't. I'm you know I'm just very happy for this guy, man. So congratulations to Coach Tyron Lou out there in Cleveland, aka Believe Land. Again, Vince Wright, Sports Governor from Minnesota, coming to you. Prince Fielder, he is done for the year. And um, less than a week, 
after he was on the or was put on the disabled list with a herniated disc. Fielder is expected to undergo neck surgery in the coming days that would end his season, folks. This would be the second time in three years Fielder has had to end his season prematurely due to a neck operation. Um, you may remember back in 2014, he also required fusion surgery, and that was to deal with a herniated disc. So big ups to Prince Fielder. Hope you will get better soon, man. But, you know, that cat, he claims he's a vegan. Prince Fielder claims he's a vegan. <laughs> I think the brother might need to get some meat back in the diet, man, because it, it don't seem to be working out well for him. So, again, big ups to him. We wish you nothing but the best. Again, folks, if you want to call the governor, 651-968-0124. Sports done right on the Stewart Media and Entertainment Network, folks. The NFL, you may have heard, clears Peyton Manning after a seven-month-long investigation into the HGH situation. Peyton Manning settling into his retirement, but he refused to address the NFL investigation in the PED reports. NFL cleared Peyton Manning after a seven-month investigation. They say they found no credible evidence that he used HGH or violated the league's performance-enhancing drug policy, the league said Monday. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, tell me what you think out there in the chat room on that one. I don't think so either. And all... Before we continue, folks, and that's the great thing about being on the podcast, you can stop, hammer time, rewind, and welcome the one and only from ATL, Atlanta, Georgia, by way of New York City, by way of New Jersey, by way of West Orange, New Brunswick, Newark, the one and only Jersey Vern, the Chief Rocker. What's up, Chief? Oh, man, and speaking of Cleveland, I got to give it up for the Chief Rockers co-host, man, the one and only Cleveland fan number one, him and Reggie Lawrence, co-host on my other show we'll talk about here in a little bit. But, man, eat, sleep, grind, repeat. That's what we do. That's right, Jersey, and his main man, Mandelion, also from Atlanta, Georgia. What's up, Mandelion? Yo, love them brothers, man, because that's what we do. <laughs> anyway, folks, um, Mandelion, real quick for you. I was talking about Tyron Lue's contract extension, $35 million, five years. So we've moved on. NFL cleared Peyton Manning, which we think is a bunch of you know what. And let's see, that investigation, remember now, that stemmed from an Al Jazeera report, or Al Jazeera America, secretly recording a former former anti-aging clinic intern named Charlie Sly, and that's the guy who made the allegations, uh, not only against Peyton Manning, but a whole host of professional athletes. Lee continues to investigate four other NFL players named in the report, Green Bay Packer linebacker Clay Matthews and Julius Peppers. Pittsburgh Steelers linebacker James Harrison and free agent linebacker Mike Neal. Last week, the league rejected the NFL Players Association's assertion that affidavits submitted by those players constituted cooperation. Neal's interview is expected to be conducted this week with others to follow. That comes from NFL.com. 
So I don't know, man. I think something was going on with Peyton Manning. I think he got out just in the nick of time. And, you know, he's he's one of their favorite people. So may may be covered up. I don't know. Uh, let's see here. Oh, it looks like we have someone new in the building. So I'll definitely want to give a shout out to Melvin. Welcome aboard. Sports done right. Melvin, what's happening, my man? I am the sports governor, Vince Wright, from the Twin Cities, Minneapolis, St. Paul, Minnesota, sports governor in Minnesota. And we focus on Minnesota sports, the Big Ten, but we also talk national stuff. Most of these folks down there in SEC land ready to start talking noise because football season is upon us. But welcome aboard and everybody say what's up to Mr. Melvin out there. And what else did I want to get into here? Um... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, And Jersey, you'll dig this now. Again, Vince Wright, sports governor. Carmelo Anthony, and this comes from the Associated Press, he gathers a bunch of cops and kids and athletes and has a conversation. And this was out in Los Angeles. Carmelo Anthony spent the U.S. Olympic basketball team's precious day off running a two-hour town hall meeting at a South Los Angeles youth center because... He can't sleep anymore. With only a few spare hours Monday before jetting off to continue the Americans' pre-Olympic tour, Carmelo gathered basketball stars, community leaders, and police officers to speak with teenagers and young adults about the importance of respect, communication, and safety. 200 people came for the meeting, and Anthony believes everyone left with something to contemplate. Quote, we really got a lot of messages out today, Anthony said. Hopefully we can continue this dialogue and create something today that will continue on. Very well done, Carmelo. You know, he's really stepped up here and he's really kind of putting his uh, money where his mouth is. So we definitely appreciate that. Um, let's see here. Anthony shares many America's profound disquiet with gun violence after the year series of increasingly dismaying shootings with both the men's and women's athletic teams in Los Angeles. At the same time, the New York Knicks star recruited fellow Olympian. Oh, who was it that he, uh, Oh, Tamika catchings and other uh, folks at the challengers boys and girls club to have this much needed conversation. Quote, there were some very, very powerful messages that were being talked about, Anthony said, not just amongst us athletes, but among the youth. The youth really spoke out today about how they feel about their community, how they feel about police officers, and how they feel about relationships and how we can mend these relationships. So, man, very well done. And and this is what it's going to take, people. Carmelo Anthony, look, I have ragged Carmelo on the court for a, you know, in my opinion deservedly so at times but this is important this is good stuff and he's trying to find a solution i mean you know i'm pissed we're all pissed when we see these videos and we see these these horrible uh bad cops doing what they're doing but i have friends that are cops as i've said before on my show i I know many cops who have who do the job correctly and who have definitely helped me out in some jams and I, you know, I appreciate the, the good cops as well. Um, internal affairs, I think that's probably where you're going to start seeing a lot of people going, man, in terms of police recruitment. So, but again, I really dig what Carmelo is doing here. Uh, the LAPD had a lot of good things to say about this as well. 
the community leaders invited by Anthony echoed his confidence in the importance of communication, uh, obviously between police and young black men. Deputy Chief Bill Scott of the LAPD brought a large group of officers with him to join the meeting. So it sounds like it's a start. We ain't going to fix everything, you know, in the meeting, but it is a start. So baller award to Carmelo Anthony this week, folks. Big, big job and very, very, very well done. And that kind of leads us into our next story. Michael Jeffrey Jordan finally steps up to the plate. (laughs) now here's the thing and again you got sports done right with vince Wright, the sports governor coming to you live from the situation room here at the executive mansion you know many people and deservedly so have have really gotten on jordan for his lack of support of not just you know black lives matter or whatever the case may be this goes back to his playing days um you know, he's always given money to charities and whatnot. That's not been the issue. When you have the power that Michael Jordan has, a lot of people want you to speak up. They want you to speak out. And they feel that because of who you are, a lot of African-American men don't reach the status of a Michael Jordan, that he is really one of the few people that can exact change. You know, if he said tomorrow... I want to sell my Jordans for $70. Them Jordans will be on the rack for $69.99 tomorrow. If he wanted to do this, it could get done if he wanted to do that. And I think that that's where his critics feel that he is, um, let's just say, failed to act in previous years up until today with his donation of $2 million. The United Negro College uh, Fund, I think it was the, or was it the NAA Legal Defense Fund, one of those? Let's take a look here. He was donating a million dollars to the International Association of Chiefs, Chiefs of Police, which is a newly established Institute of Community Police Relations. And yes, he also donated a million dollars today to the NAA Legal Defense Fund. And Carmelo Anthony, first let's give some some props. And Carmelo Anthony said it's about time, you know. He was very, very blunt, you know. And again, Carmelo is seeming to kind of become that spokesperson now for this new generation of of leader, or excuse me, of athletes who want to be socially conscious and socially active. And he said, you know, it's about time. You know, it, it wasn't an, an overwhelmingly glowing report, and that's what kind of caught me by it. But... Before we continue, got to give it up for my main man, part two of the Minnesota Mafia. He comes to us from Duluth, Minnesota, up there in the beautiful North Shore of Lake Superior. R.C. Ronald Cameron, what is up, my brother? Thank you for joining us, sir, on Sports Done Right. So, yeah, that's what's going on, man. So, Jordan comes in. He finally gets involved in the mix today, and... You know what? I, 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 I went both ways on this earlier today. I, I listened to it on the, uh, Stewart Media and Entertainment. A lot of the other hosts on the network were, were getting into this. Obviously, the chat room on Doug's show was on fire with this topic. And there is, make no mistake, folks. Make no mistake. There is still a lot of hatred for Michael Jordan because of this very issue. And kind of like Bernie Sanders supporters these Jordan haters weren't necessarily won over by this act today. As a matter of fact, it kind of emboldened a lot of people. If you look at Twitter 
and whatnot. So let me know what you guys think out there in the chat room. Mandel Leon says, that's nothing, Jordan. Bet that money playing golf. Chief Rocker says, big up to Mello. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. You got to like that. Um, I'm very impressed by Carmelo. And he, and he's not doing it in a way where he's being, you know, a jerk about it, kind of honestly. He's being very smart about how he's going about this. And I think that he is really, really, really going to set himself up for something post-basketball in terms of helping to start bridging this divide in not only the African-American community, but other communities as well. So now Jordan steps up to the plate. We'll see if there's more where that came from, and we'll go on beyond there. Um, moving on a little bit here, folks. Now, tell me what you think here. Jim Grobe, Baylor's acting head football coach, invited a young lady named Brenda Tracy to speak to the Baylor football team. As we know, Baylor has been in some trouble here recently regarding uh, rape allegations, sexual misconduct, things of that nature. Uh, their previous football coach was let go over these allegations, and Jim Grobe is trying to do things and start things anew. Uh, Brenda Tracy is a woman who said she was raped by two Oregon State football players and two other men in 1998 and shared her story with the Baylor football team. Now, her talk, as I just said, comes two months after a 13-page report. Failed to proper that Baylor said that Baylor failed to handle accusations of sexual assault, including some against former football players. And after hearing about Baylor's case, Tracy had called for the NCAA to shut down the football program. Now, what changed her mind was Coach Grobe, who replaced Art Bryles within days and. You know, she says, one thing I try to do is make this real for people. Look at me. I'm a human being. I could be your neighbor. I could be your mother. I could be the person behind you at the grocery store, she said. But I spent all these years wanting to kill myself and hating myself because someone else took my body and I did not give it to them. Now, the team was apparently very receptive. Apparently paid very, 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 very good attention. And that's good because... We got to end stuff like this. Got to end stuff like this, man. So I just wanted to uh, put that story out there. Give props to Baylor's interim head coach for doing that and for working with this young lady. And, and you know, if it can help that team and help that program kind of turn things around and finally start going in a negative uh, light, then have at it, man. So let's do this. We're going to take a little station identification do some drops here for the X squad members and whatnot. We'll be right back in just a few seconds with more sports done right on X squad affiliates.com. And of course we're riding tall on the Stewart media and entertainment network. No tricks in 86 is time to build. Check out the Doug Stewart show Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern time right here on the Stewart media and entertainment network. It's sports talk. It's guy talk. It's fun talk. Once again, that's the Doug Stewart Show. One half of the world-famous Two Live Stews, Doug Stewart. Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Time at StuartMediaAndEntertainment.com. Trust me, you'll have more fun than you can shake a stick at. And I got one question for you. Are you not entertained, huh? Number one cheap rocket jersey firm. Lonely Hearts Cafe. Spicy conversations. 
Vince Wright, the sports governor from Minnesota. Man, Young. Microwave. Reggie Long, aka Dollars and Cents. Hello, Student Nation. I am Vince Wright, the Sports Governor. I am the co-host of the Sports and More Show. Make sure you tune in every Friday on the Stewart Media and Entertainment Network at 12 noon to check me out and, of course, my co-host, Reggie Lawrence. What's up, everybody? I'm Reggie Lawrence, a.k.a. Dollars and Cents, the other half of the Sports and More Show. But the only difference is I'm much smarter and better looking than my main man, Vince Wright. But like Vince said, make sure you check us out every Friday on the SME Network. Peace. It's beach body season. So if you're looking to get that beach body, there's still time with IASO tea. The IASO tea is a unique blend of nine all natural herbs. Just eight ounces of tea twice daily can provide you with dramatic results and have you beach ready in no time. Place your order today at www.totallifechanges.com forward slash tea team. That's www.totallifechanges.com forward slash T-E-A-T-E-A-M or call. 678-250-5839 that's 678-250-5839 start working on your beach body today coming to you live from the sports mansion near the palatial estates here in minneapolis minnesota it's sports done right oh, my man Vince Rice, Sports Governor, back on the MIC and the place to be coming to you from Minnesota University. Hey, what's happening, y'all? Vince Rice, Sports Governor. Sports Done Right is the joint. And I want to thank you all for tuning in. I've got to welcome, of course, he is a real cast ranger and he is host of his own show over there on Spreaker.com as well, Everyday People Show. Let's give it up for G Money in the house, Gary Joyner. What's happening, Gary? Gary, the big Mets fan in the house, but the Cubs are going to do it this year, Gary. Hate to bust your bubble, man. So, other news and notes as we move along here on Sports Done Right. Josh Gordon reinstated. I'm blessed. I'm grateful to be granted this opportunity, Gordon wrote in a statement on his Twitter account. I can't wait to get back out there and play the game I love in front of the great fans of Cleveland. He, will, he says he wants to thank the NFL Players Association, Commissioner Goodell, the Haslam family, the Browns organization. Oh, man, Josh is just happy to be back. Let's hope he finds a way to stay on the field because RG3 is going to need him, man. RG3 is really going to need this cat. So if he can do it, hey, I'm down with it, man. But as we have seen before, Mr. Gordon, we're going to have to stay tuned with this brother and wait and see. Anquan Bolden, Detroit Lion. How about that? I've always liked Anquan, man. I think he's a good dude. I think he's a great receiver. Uh, professional. Knows, knows the game. Knows what to do. Knows how to handle himself and knows how to get yards that are needed. 
he wasn't going to be available for long, in my opinion. So Jim Caldwell and the Lions gave him a big, big, big push, according to the article here by uh, NFL writer Connor Orr. 35-year-old is going to be signing with his former coordinator, who's now the head coach. And again, remember, no Calvin Johnson here, so Anquan may be actually uh, one of the big features in terms of receiver there. So uh, keep your eyes on Bolden as he joins a group um, Golden Tate, Marvin Jones, TJ Jones, and Jeremy Curley. Bolden caught Let's see, 69 passes last year for 789 yards and four touchdowns. So he ain't done yet. He ain't done. Not at all. Not at all. So um, let me know what you think, Anquan Bolden out there joining the Detroit Lions. I don't know, man. I. What do you think about Stafford? Maybe that's the better question. Maybe that's the better question. You know who else is out there, folks, and who has uh, been in touch with somebody here? Andre Johnson. That's right. The former Miami Hurricane is out there, and he's chatting it up. Uh, 35-year-old wide receiver Andre Johnson had a visit with the Tennessee Titans on Tuesday. Now, Ian Rappaport reported that uh, Johnson was confirmed in town there. No signing is imminent, as uh, all reports say, out of there. As the two sides were kind of, you know, just feeling each other out a little bit. But, you know, it's always a good sign for him. I think he's got some, I think he's got a little fuel in the tank left. We'll see. So um, keep your eyes tuned on what's coming up out of Tennessee there. They say Johnson lost a few steps last season, failing to separate from opposing cornerbacks while or excuse me, while falling behind Dante Moncrief on the Colts' depth chart. So that's why he was let go. All right, folks, NFL game coming up here soon, I think uh, in about a week or so. And as we said, just wanted to give a shout-out because I did not do this last week, and I'll get into that chat room here very, very shortly. Uh, The NFL Hall of Fame inductees, and again, you're listening to Sports Done Right. On the Stewart Media and Entertainment Network, and we got a caller on the line here. Caller, thank you for calling Sports Done Right. Who do we got on the line? Yeah, what's up, baby? Hey, what's going on, sir? Who do we got? This is number one, Chief Rapper Jersey, bro. What's going on? Not much, Chief, man. We got your theme song playing. Hey, Chief, man, first off, thank you for joining us at, you know, again, on Sports Done Right, my brother. And uh, I always appreciate you taking some time out of your busy schedule, man. Hey, man, what do you think about, and, you know, I'll get to your Giants here in a minute. As I know since we got New York's number one fan on the line, we got to talk some Giants and Knicks. But do you think Andre Johnson's got a little bit left in the tank, man? Can he help a team like uh, Tennessee or some other team that needs a receiver? Uh, yeah, I'll get still to play, man. Um, I don't know. I think he stayed in Houston too long. And, you know, by Houston never having a real good quarterback, because I don't know what's going on with that franchise as far as quarterback. You know what I'm saying? You know, by them not really seeking out a quarterback and, um, you know, getting good receivers and halfback and just killing them because of the quarterback stuff, you know? So, uh, I, I think a lot of just got to get me motivated, man. And, you know, go back to the basics, man. You know, a lot of these cats need to just go back to the basics, go work out hard in the summer, I mean, off season, you know, when they're off, 
And they'll just get their body back together. You know, mentally just get it together. Man, so you can go out there and help whoever you go to, you know, instead of just going to get that money and then you pass average, you know. I mean, you know, it's, it's all about entertainment. If you can't entertain no more, then, you know, teams and uh, franchises and, and, and management ain't going to want you no more, man. Yeah, very good point. And again, we got the Chief Rocker, host of just about every other show on the SME Network. We'll get into the uh, Chief Rocker show on his schedule here a little bit later. But, man, I got him on the line, so I got to talk to him a little bit, man. Now, um, Chief, let me ask you, man, um, you know, as we talk about the NFL here, New York Giants, you know, your squad, where do you think they're at? How do you feel as they're heading into training camp? And did have they addressed the needs in, in the offseason that you think that they needed to check out? Okay. First and foremost, you know, being a, being a fan of a team, you're always going to say that, you know, your team going to do this and do that, right? right? But see, you know, I'm not just being a fan this year. I'm being a realist. And I feel that uh, the coaching change is a big move. We definitely needed to do that. We picked up the necessary pieces on defense. We got rid of some good weight. And offense is number four last year. So all we did was got better, man. We, man, we just added some more talent, man. They said the wide receiver position is, is so deep, uh, it's going to be hard to cut in that position. And then the coach is Coach Kelly. He is now letting these guys feel more comfortable as far as in practice, you know, lead your time and all that. It's not like a time conference. Everything is military Joe Blow, you know, like you're in the Marines or something, you know. So, you know, as far as all that, man, uh, I look at us winning the East, definitely going to win the East. I don't care what the Deadskin fans say, but I don't care what Stagley Childers say, you know what I'm saying? And, and it might be his um, budget, them, them, um, they and them damn shit ain't going that. So, I'm not worried about my division. I'm just worried about winning our games, our college division. I feel Super Bowl the best on my show this uh, Monday. All right. Now, folks, we got the Chief Rock on the line. Well, we also got someone else on the line here. We had another caller going while Jersey was uh, finishing his point there. Uh, who do who else do we got on the line here on Sports Done Right? I just figured I'd jump in there and bring some unsportsmanlike conduct to the show today, man. Ruffle some feathers a little bit. It's your boy, BJ Wright. Oh, What's look at BJ? that. BJ Wright in the house. What's up, man? <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to have to step back and let this well, hold up. Before we all get started here, folks, ladies and gentlemen, VJ Wright is the host of Unsportsmanlike uh, Conduct, a great show, by the way, VJ. Uh, VJ is doing his thing out in Los Angeles, and I'm going to let him kind of tell you all his contact information before we get him out of here. But make sure you follow Unsportsmanlike Conduct people out there. We've been playing it in, on the uh, X-Squad affiliates kind of group chat and whatnot. VJ, welcome to Sports Done Right, my man. Thank you so much for calling. Nah, thanks for having me, man. I'm blessed to be here, brother. Hey, well, uh, while I got you on the line, man, um, you know, I was just talking to Jersey Vern here about his New York Knicks and whatnot. Well, how do you think the New York, or uh, excuse me, the Giants, pardon me, what do you well, think about the Giants? VJ, I was just going to ask you, what do you think about the Giants and their chances in taking the NFC East this year? I think if Dallas is healthy, Dallas is going to win that division at 13-3, and 12-4, and, four, and four, for a few reasons. Number one, they do have 
the best offensive line from tackle to tackle in football. Football starts in the trenches. I don't care who you are. I don't care what level you're playing on. I don't care if it's spot warner, midgets, ankle biters, middle school, high school, JUCO, D1, D2, D3, European League, ring. doesn't matter. It starts right. in the trenches. They have the best offensive trench in football. I'm not a big Ezekiel Elliott guy. I think he has butts written all over him. But when you're opening holes the way Dallas does, and when I'm watching McTagger um, run for either just right under 1,000 or right over 1,000, I can't remember which one last year, I just okay. think that that translates very well. Romo doesn't miss a bunch of games, and his dad doesn't miss a bunch of games. Now, Dallas is going to have to win a few 35-31 games, a few 38-34 games. Right, but, yeah. But, but if they're healthy, I'll see Romo driving down the field in September, October, November, December. No, he's got Witten, Jed, Dez, Terrence Williams, Beasley. He's got weapons. He's got guys to get the ball through. My thing I don't like about the Giants this all season is the Giants, um, they went in draft. I didn't like their first-round draft pick at court. I didn't like Eli Apple out of Ohio State. I think he's got butts written all over him. Lose the ball in coverage a little too much for my liking. I understand guys can get better at things like that, but I watch for raw ability when it comes to defensive backs when they come into the NFL. Okay, he doesn't have the best ball skills, but what's his feet work like? Did he get his hips open quick enough? Does he turn his shoulders quick enough? Okay. Is his eyes in the backfield a little too much? Eli Apple looks really good when you play with two other All-Americans in that defensive backfield in Columbus. I think it'll be different. I don't know why the Giants did that. It was almost like when they drafted Prince and Mukamar. You knew what you were getting in Mukamar, and they just cut him and let him go this year. He just signed with another squad this year. So to go draft another corner was confusing. Okay. You still have to keep Eli upright, man. They still have offensive line issues. You have to keep Eli upright. And sooner or later, I thought they, I thought they needed to add something else to, to uh, Odell Beckham Jr. Because at some point, you got to double that guy every time. So I don't know if I like them winning the division. I like Dallas if they're healthy. Uh, and, and you never know what you're going to get out of Washington. I'm not a believer in Washington. Okay. But I will say, if they can run the football, if they can run the football, Kirk Cousins can go win you a football game. And, you know, and we've seen that division. Eight and eight, nine and seven wins that division when guys are healthy. All right, and folks, we got VJ on the line with us here. Now, I know the Chief Rocker Jersey Vern is definitely yeah. chopping at the yeah. day because VJ not only tore down his New York Giants, he tore down his Ohio State beloved Buckeyes. Right. So, right. Jersey, the floor is yours, my brother. Yeah, first and foremost, man, VJ, I understand what you're saying about the draft pick, but see, he, he don't have to come in right away because we have two corners. We had the guy we picked up from the Rams. Uh, I can't think of his name right now, but we had him play in one corner. And Janoris, we were Janoris, Jenkins, Janoris Jenkins from the Rams. Right, and then we got Corinthian. So we, we don't have to come. He's going to be a slot man, corner, man, until you know we really get the system down. Once he get the system down, then he's going to be all right. I understand what you're saying about our offensive line. The Browns' offensive line did not play that great last night, last year. Matter of fact, the first game of the season, if the Giants had a pass rush, the game would have moved down to the point where the coaching staff made a brain fart at the end of the game. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, every time we play dogs, we play tough. That's the only team in our division we got to worry about next year, you know, because I'm looking at it like this. You said as far as ODB, ODB got some help. The cat from Oklahoma, uh, Sterling, I can't remember the whole name, he came into OTV. Right. He came into OT. He went into the OT, uh, uh, the um, practices that we just had, right? 
he had a list ran past. Eli is liking this cat. So what I'm looking at now is Cruz is going to get short. He's going to get less catches this year because this guy's going to push him and whatnot. They may even have to put Cruz to the outside, the other side of OD, because he's going to be good, man. I mean, the guy, I've seen him in college. The guy's great. He's going to, you know, I wish I didn't have to go to work, man, because he really got me all hype, and I got to get to work, man. But, and, man, I, I wish I knew he was coming on tonight, bro, man, because, you know, I like your show. I, I mean, I don't like it. I love your show, man. You're good people. Me and Dred talk about you Sunday when we did our show, man. Good people, bro. And now I'm, I'm going to give the floor to you, and I'm going to listen to you as I ride the way, man. But um, listen, the only reason we're talking about Apple because you're a Michigan Wolverine fan, and you know what? How about everybody doing shit for them, right? He ain't got enough for and with that bitch, I'm gone. <laughs> All right, hey, we we got v, hey we got VJ on the line. Jersey had to jump off here, man, but VJ, hey, you definitely got to it, brother. <laughs> uh, well, of course, man, because he don't, and I and I've been real about Ohio State. Okay, Michigan has not been in the position to beat Ohio State for nine long years. I don't have a problem admitting that because that's how consistent and real I am. But any Ohio State fan that looks me in my face and says that he knows football can feel and see the tide turning. Why has Ohio State been so dominant recruit? It's about recruiting. And one thing I'll admit about Urban Meyer, even though I do not like his tactics, I think he's full of it a lot of times. I think he right. puts up a front to the press. I think he knew a lot more what was going down on in Florida. When you start to think about all those kids that came in that program that cannot stay out of trouble, the, the, the elephant in the room is Aaron Hernandez, who's facing a, a murder, got a murder charge, and then is facing now a double murder that he supposedly committed on the drive-by shooting because a guy bought them in a nightclub and they were talking about some, some of his business or whatever the case may be. Yeah. So you start to think about the Pouncey brothers. Percy Harvin, Reggie Nelson, all those guys played under him. All those guys were guys that played there, and he all of a sudden didn't know nothing. But you had good old, you know, American, the American great white open Jim Tebow quarterback. They got to cover a lot of that up. You're starting to see a lot of that kind of filter out at Ohio State. Now, I don't know what this girl has against Ezekiel Elliott or what's going on, but all I know she's accusing him of hitting her. A lot of times we want to dismiss this stuff because that's what we're used to doing. But I, I caution people on that. It's not because he went to Ohio State. But character issue. Showing up to the drive with the crop top shirt on. Showing up. I told people right then and there, that's a character thing. That's, you're, show, you're already ready to show off, and you've done nothing in the NFL. I would say the same thing if it was a Texas kid, a Florida kid, a right. St. John's kid, a Michigan. I would have said the same thing. But because he's from Ohio State, people say, well, you're just, no. I'm saying it because that's the way I view it. But people see the tide turning. Harbaugh, like I said he did, well, two years ago when he first got signed, it's changing college football single-handedly, and there's no denying that. I agree there's, with there's you. There's no denying that. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I love the way that Coach Harbaugh is outside the box. And you know what? You know, a lot of people get on him. A lot of He catches hell for a lot of this stuff, man. I think it's just pure jealousy, VJ. You know, Harbaugh is trying to do something different in a conference that has been maligned here for, you know, years compared to the SEC and – you know, even a big 12 at times, man. And anything as a, you know, I went to the University of Minnesota, Golden Gopher, you know, football is what it is at my campus, but I love my conference and anything that he can do to uplift us as the big 10, I'm down for, man. Um, VJ, let me, let me get this from you since we got you on the line, man. And this is definitely an unexpected pleasure. 
why don't you tell the people out here listening to Sports Done Right, we got a lot of people listening, tell them exactly who you are and where they can find you and, you know, what you do because you've done some work with ESPN and, and Fox Sports and you know some players in the game. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, well, I'll tell you where you can find me first. You can find me at Spreaker.com on the search box. Just go to VJ Wright, and then all my episodes all pop up. I just, you know, proudly myself in the last four months, I just cracked 11,000 listens. I'm not sure if that's a lot, but it's a lot for me because I've never had 11,000 listens before. And uh, <laughs> exactly. you can always find all my hardcore social opinions and my hardcore social sports opinions on uh, Facebook under VJ Sports with a Z, Sports ends with a Z, and on Twitter. Uh, DJ Sports Talk and Comedy because I'm also a stand-up comedian. Uh, who I am, though, man, is I'm just a guy. I'm just a humble, blue-collar dude, man, who feels like the world needs to stop being BS when it comes to sports talk. The world needs to stop being fed, descriptive, kind of, uh, you know, right. BS sports talk where everything is already laid out and nobody's allowed to say this or say that or, or really give a hardcore opinion you got to kind of fall in, in line with everybody else. And I'm a guy that's just looking to just change that, man. And just, you know, if I'm allowed to, with validity, I, I'm not the crazy guy, oh, he sucks. Well, if, you, if somebody says somebody sucks, I got to know why. You, you just don't get away with he sucks. If you don't like the guy, I respect that. Well, I, I just don't like Kobe. Okay, cool. You're allowed to not like Kobe. I understand why fans don't right, like Kobe. Yep. But I understand why fans don't like LeBron. I understand why fans didn't like Jordan, Magic, yep. Bird, Brady, Manny. I'm just a guy, man, I'll sum it up like this. I'm a guy who honestly thinks I get it. And there's a lot of sports talk out here. Guys just don't get it, man. They just get behind the mic and they got a really good paycheck and they got a big company pushing them. Egos get a little big and you think Mm -hmm. that everything you say is right. And I'm looking to be a guy to change that. Hey, man. So, again, folks, Unsportsmanlike Conduct is the show. Make sure you're checking out VJ. Now, VJ, since I got you on the line, man, um, I was going to touch a little bit about Dennis Green here in my next segment, you know, being up here in the Twin Cities, big fan of Coach Green. Uh, what are your, Do you have any Dennis Green takes? And then let me uh, have a second a follow-up question with that. If you could, sir, what do you think about my Vikings going into this year? Uh, well, number one, I'm going to stay away from the quote that everybody wanted to post as far as Dennis Green. I think when somebody passes, you need to show a little more class. I saw a lot Thank of, yes. uh, they thought they are who we thought they were. I didn't post it one time. I didn't, I didn't hashtag. I thought it was, I thought it was low class, man. The guy just, we just lost a really good football mind and we needed to remember some other things. Number one, they did give Randy Moss a chance after what, 19, 20, 21 teams passed on him. Dallas lied to him and told him yeah. they would draft him and then draft him. I think about Chris Carter. I think about uh, the resurgence of Randall Cunningham, giving Randall Cunningham another opportunity. Uh, feeding the, uh, giving a guy like Jake Reed an opportunity when a lot of guys wanted to send Jake Reed off. Right, absolutely. Quick story, Minnesota, Minnesota's always been my crush team. Every sport, I have a crush team. I'm a Dolphin fan to my heart and soul. But Minnesota only has one piece of history with Miami in a Super Bowl three for anyone from Minnesota. The only piece of history that they have, so I don't have a, I don't have a hate for them, and I love Boston College. So when Boston went there, I always cheer for them. I met Randall Cunningham as a kid at a, at a, at a preseason game in Indianapolis between right. the Colts and, and, and the Eagles. So I was a Randall guy. So that team, that 15 and one team that lost that lost in overtime to the Falcons, I mean, dude, I almost fell on my living room floor. So I've always had a soft spot <laughs> for the Vikings. Yeah. I like what they have going this year. I love okay. their defense. I love Adrian Peterson. I think Teddy Bridgewater has star written all over him. What does concern me is the receiver position. I know they have. Uh, I know they got Treadwell, and I know. Right. Um, yeah. uh, God, goodness gracious, Stephon Diggs. 
Stephon yes, exactly. Diggs. Exactly. I was going to yep. say golf, but Diggs. I know they have weapons. I'm still waiting for a guy like Kyle Rudolph. You heard me speak about it on my show about a week ago. I'm waiting on a guy like Kyle Rudolph to show the flash because he showed in Notre Dame. I really like them to win that division. Now, I still think the Packers would beat them in a playoff game, even in Minnesota, because they just have veteran leadership around. And I'm not sure if uh, Minnesota has that veteran leadership. I want to put it on AP, because this is the same AP that fumbled at a critical point in that playoff game last year. Albeit uh, um, Cam Chancellor, who's Mr. Everything, makes a great play on the ball. Yes, but you got to tuck that ball away. I don't want to hear about Cam Chancellor. You got to tuck the football away. So, uh, with that being said, I like them to win a division. I like 11 and 5, but I think if it comes down to a playoff game in the second round, which would be the the divisional round, because I believe they'll have a buy in the wild card at 11 and 5 in the NFC this year, I think a team like the Packers can go in there. Now, what would surprise me is the Vikings won. But I think a team like Carolina, Seattle, the Cardinals, or the Packers would go in there, and that's only because they have youth. They have so much youth. They haven't really, you know, been there. You know, they lost a really tough, breaking, a heartbreaking playoff game last year. But, you know, the kicker's got to make a 27 yard field goal. Oh, my that's, God. Yeah. That's, just the, that's just the bottom line. So. Yeah. With, I like 11 and 5. Yeah, I'm hiring your Vikings, and I, and I like 11 and 5. And if I could really quick, don't understand your program, man. I'm a, I'm a football head. Minnesota has always been, even though Michigan went on like a, a run over Minnesota, Minnesota's always been a thorn in people's side. Minnesota's beaten yes, Ohio State. Yeah. Here's Ohio State. was supposed to go undefeated. Penn State. You talk about Marion Barber III. Um, uh, who's the, they had the tandem back. They had Marion Barber III. And, Lawrence Maroney. Uh, and Lance Maroney. Yeah, man. You guys, uh, yes, you, guys, you guys have a good program up there, man. And we play you guys for the Little Brown Jug and – I, I think they'll sell Michigan. I mean, they'll sell Minnesota's program short, man. I know they may not be Michigan or Ohio State, but it, it's not a game you look at and go, oh, yeah, that's a dub. It's like, no, you better go in here and play and focus tonight because this team will beat you. It'll be a night game. The crowd will be in it. They're well coached and they have a really good pride there, man. And they do go up there. If you go up there messing around, Minnesota will beat you. I've seen them do it before. And the thing is about the Gophers, and again, folks, we got VJ Wright here joining us, the sports governor, Vince Wright, by the way, on uh, Sports Done Right here on Spreaker.com. And make sure you check us out on the website, xsquadaffiliates.com as well. You know, VJ, the Gophers opened up the Big Ten schedule with Penn State. I think that that's going to be a very telling game. Now, Penn State's okay, but it's a game that you can go on the road in Happy Valley, and definitely you have a shot at winning this. I think the Gophers will be, you know, a slight underdog, deservedly slow. So, But if they're able to pull that win off, again, that we're taking a big leap saying that they're going to go in there 3-0 from their preseason. They open up this year with um, Oregon State here at uh, TCF Bank Stadium. I think that'll be a good one kind of barometer for opening game as well a, a, a decent squad from a mid from a major conference but man if the gophers can get by penn state they come back here and now they then they face iowa the week after that that's going to tell you a lot right there no I, i'm with you and they could be now if christian hackenberg had a stayed in happy valley i would actually pick them to battle michigan in the big 10 this year but he decides to go albeit I thought maybe bad advice from an agent or from maybe family members who want the money out of it. I sure. thought he could have used another year at Penn State. Oh, um, I division is Michigan. Yeah. yeah, it's Michigan, Ohio State's uh, division to, to lose this year. When you're talking about breaking their new quarterbacks, Penn State, breaking a new quarterback, Michigan State, breaking a new quarterback, Iowa, who only lost one game last year. When you're breaking a new quarterback, and even Michigan, we're breaking a new quarterback, but we're breaking another fifth-year senior until – 
it's uh it's uh, uh Peters, the all American kid that was uh, number two quarterback ranked at Michigan that's there now with the spring training and all of that. But I don't think he starts as uh Brandon Peters, I don't think he starts as a freshman. Okay. I think the uh, kid from Utah is gonna uh, from Houston, excuse me, is gonna start. But Harbaugh's just kinda leaving, just like we do with Jake Rudolph. As the year went on, Jake Rudolph starts to look like a, a NFL quarterback. But people have to forget he had played four years at Iowa. Like this is a fifth year senior. So when you're breaking in a new quarterback, I think it's always going to be hard. But Minnesota, um, I like the Oregon State. Oregon State game, I'll say a win. I think Minnesota win. Oregon State's program isn't, you know, near close to being anything competitive as far as what a program of that caliber should be. But I mean, you're right. I think they can go non-conference 3-0, going to Penn State. You get that win. I mean, you know, you're two or three wins away from a after Christmas, maybe New Year's Eve ball game. And that would be great for that program. Uh, it, it does. They just don't get the recruits there, man. That's the only thing about Minnesota. They they just don't get the recruits, man. If they did, they would be able to compete. Very well said, and VJ. First off, before I continue here with the host of Unsportsmanlike Contact, VJ Wright, let me welcome a few new chat people. We got the lovely uh, DJ Nunu up in here. I'd like to say what's going on with her. And, folks, we got to say what up to the godfather, the man that really started everybody on this podcast journey. It is his birthday today, so we got to say what up to, and by the way, happy birthday to the one and only Jungle Brother. He's listening on the road tonight, driving that big rig, so appreciate you stopping in here, Jungle. And let me make sure I got everybody. I think that those were two of the newest joiners, so let me get back here to uh, VJ Wright. Now, VJ, you're out there in uh, California, out there in Los Angeles. Let me ask you, man, how is the vibe out there for the return of the NFL to Los Angeles? Oh, it's been bananas, man. They're going crazy. They love it. I, I got a few friends that uh, a few sports writers out here that's going to make sure I get on the field this year and for my Dolphins game come out here. And then um, Cam Newton, the Panthers come out here. Uh, I've already got passes for that game, so immediate pass to get onto the field. Nice. But some way, somehow... I can't lose my favorite NFL player by far. It's not even close. Uh, I support that brother all the way through, man. I, I, you know, I'm pro-black all the way, man. When there's a black quarterback that's doing his thing and good in society and good with the people, that's my guy, man. I was that way with Cunningham. I was that way with Vic. And we didn't know Vic's troubles until, you know, 10 years into his career anyway. But the early Vic, what I do about the dog fighting and stuff, I, I love Vic. Uh, Warren Moon, all those, Adate Culpepper, all those guys, man. I am a black quarterback guy. So I'll be at that game. But anyway, the Rams, everybody's excited. I got a chance to meet Todd Gurley and speak to him the other night at the SB Awards and the after nice, party. Okay. Uh, hanging out, chilling, doing my thing. I've had Eric Dickerson on my radio show. Asked him about it all. But it, it's a bit excited, man. LA, here's, you know what's so funny, though? Uh, they don't even really need football out here. It's LA. There's right, some things yeah. to do every night, 365 through the year. I'll tell you this. They better put a good product on the field after the first year. Because first year they're playing the Coliseum. Next year they'll be in their basically their version of what Jerry Jones built in Dallas. They're building out here in okay. Los Angeles. Shops, restaurants, huge state, the whole nine, all in one complex. Right. But by that year, they better have a good product on the team on the field because nobody's going to go watch a 3-19 and in the end of October, beginning of November, where you can go out to Santa Monica, Zuma Beach, or Venice Beach and see half-dressed ladies in November because it's 85 <laughs> degrees out here. There's just other things to do than go and watching a three and nine or four and ten team. The product better be or they'll be leaving in fifteen, twenty years again, just like they had to before. 
Yeah, and uh, you know that would be something, man. Because I always, you know, I I grew up in the seventies, grew up with the Los Angeles Rams. Actually, a, a couple good playoff series with the Vikings back in the day, back then with the Young Blood brothers and all that. So yeah, I've hard. always, yeah, I've always thought of them as the L.A. Rams. I was not a fan of when they moved to St. Louis. I, I was, even though they won a Super Bowl in St. Louis, I was just never impressed with the stadium, the situation there. So I really hope that this thing can work for them back out west. But you are absolutely right, man. I've been to Cali plenty of times. I got a lot of friends, you know, from Oceanside to San Diego on up and down the coast, man. So I get it. And, you know, yeah, you're right. And plus they have to deal with traffic to try and even go watch a sorry team. Nah, man, I'm going over to Santa Monica. I'm going to Malibu, just like you said. And not only that, next year it's in the Coliseum. Coliseum, if you guys don't know about L.A., doesn't sit in the best neighborhood. It sits right in the middle of South Central. It goes right, right down Figueroa Street. A lot of blood, a lot of crit, a lot of gang activity, a lot of bad stuff out there. And, and you, people aren't just going to want to subject themselves to that. You know, road teams or road people coming in. I'm not a big proponent for live games because there's too many drunken idiots in the stands these days. Uh, too many fights. People are getting yeah. shot in parking lots. I saw an incident at a Laker game that, you know, involved, you know, the police being coming over and macing a bunch of people and fighting guys off with their batons. And I think because of a fight that broke out, and it's like, God, man, like, it's just sports, guys. None of y'all play. Exactly. None of y'all make any money off of this. None of y'all, none, nobody, none of y'all making the team. Nobody out here making the team. If you were, you'd be inside in the locker room. You're not making the team. What are you fighting for? So that's another thing they need to be there. When they move to the bigger news place, it'll be, trust me, it'll be just like they did with Washington, D.C. and where the Nationals play. That used to be Anacostia River. That used to be the hood in D.C. They brought all those people out, right. tore all them homes down, cleaned all that up because they're saying, we're going to put a pro stadium over here. The last thing we want to worry about is the, the game and drug activity coming through the parking lots or coming through, you know, where people are trying to get to the game. And I come to the ten, these are family people, man, that are trying to, you know, bring their kids and their right, wives exactly. or whatever, you know, to the game. So, yeah, the product better be good, man, because if not, brother, I'm telling you, 15, 20 years, they'll be moving from L.A. And they'll do it in a heartbeat because, once again, L.A. doesn't need football. It's got the Lakers. It's got USC football. UCLA. Right. It's got nightclubs. It's got pretty girls. It's got, if you're a female, it's got good-looking men. It's got the beach, the surf, the food, the nightlife. The everything. Comedy. It's got everything. <laughs> everything. Celebrities. You got, you got Hollywood. It does not need the NFL at all. It will survive. And, folks, V.J. Wright, he's, he's preaching tonight, man. That's why I'm glad this brother definitely <laughs> called us and surprised us. And hope that yeah. we will definitely hear, be hearing from him more. Make sure you're checking out Unsportsmanlike Conduct on Spreaker.com. That is his show. And, man, it is I, – I love it. I, it's all my favorites. Uh, like I said, I started sharing it, tweeting it out there, VJ. So just keep doing what you're doing, brother. Now, um, let me get a couple more questions with you. Do you have time? Sure, man. Take your time. I got all, all right. time with you, brother. Hey, man, I appreciate it, man, because I've been, like I said, a big fan of your show, and I appreciate you stopping by here now. Let's talk about them Los Angeles Lakers, man. I grew up a Laker fan. They are my favorite team, and I roll with them still to this day as my favorite team, them and my Timberwolves, of course. But, man, ever since Dr. Buss obviously has passed away, this thing has gone literally into the toilet. You know, you're out there. You're in the mix. You know people. You got the connections, man. What are you hearing about the Los Angeles Lakers? And can this thing be turned around in the next few years? Because here's what, here's, and tell me if my perception's wrong, VJ, because you live out there. 
it's starting to seem to me like a lot of the younger people are becoming the hardcore Clippers fans and the LA fans are, you know, I'm 47 years old, kind of in that age range. And if they don't start winning soon, they may start losing a little bit of a grip on LA. I mean, you know, they got the championships, they got the history, so it'll be a Laker town, but do you see what I'm saying? Or am I wrong? Oh, I think I think you're slightly wrong. Um, okay. One thing I never fooled myself about are trendy teams. You know, um, Queens will be uh, Queens will be a Mets town, but the rest of New York will always be uh, oh, yeah, a Yankee yeah. town. It's just the way it goes. LA, it's trendy because they. The thing about LA is LA doesn't like to lose at anything. This town isn't made of losers. This town is made of winners. You think about actors, and you think, or you think about musicians, or you think about people. I mean, Chris Brown was out here now. Chris Brown is from Virginia, where I'm from. And Chris Brown knew he's smart enough to move to L.A. This is where you record right. the best, this is where the best studios are. This is where the best stuff happens. You got, this is where you got to be. Uh, Trevor Hart, he's a big Philadelphia guy. Talk to talk. Where's his mansion at, though? It's in Beverly Hills. He lives out here in California. There's winners out here. And that seeps into the fan base of sports. They don't like losing. So they'll kind of find something to entertain themselves, the Clippers are a second-round team. That's all they're ever going to be. This okay. is a Lakers yep. town. It will always be a Lakers town. I will tell you this, though. I just got off the air doing another show with a friend of mine on Blog Talk Radio. Now, I was asked the same question by a young, call, uh, young female caller that called in. The Lakers are going through, my brother, with all franchises at some point in all pro sports have to go through. They've just been blessed not to have to go through it in the last 45 years. And that's right, okay. called, ooh, you ready for the scary R word? Rebuilding. <laughs> Rebuilding, yes, sir. It's Rebuilding. They used to be able to <laughs> reload. Florida State used to be able to reload. Michigan, reload. The Yankees, reload. Carolina basketball, Duke basketball, St. Right, Louis right. Cardinals, yep. uh, the San Francisco Giants. Team. You, you know, the franchises, dude, they've been able to. Manchester United, let's go across the water. Manchester United, every year, they just reload. They just plug in the next guy. Plug in the next guy. Go get the next big free agent. Plug in. But sooner or later, something changes, and you have to do what everybody else has been having to do. While you got to reload, these other 20 teams have been rebuilding. Coach after coach, GM after GM, president after president, point guard after point guard, center after center, pitcher after pitcher, right, quarterback yep. after quarterback, over and over again. What Laker fans need to do is just relax. Understand where you are. Yankees fans, too. These are, these are two major franchises right now. Daddy's dead and gone, okay? Daddy that did it right. Daddy that never really made a mistake. Daddy that hit on just about every free agent pick he had. Daddy that hit on just about every rookie prospect that he drafted. He's gone. And the kids weren't paying attention. That's the problem. And now you're trying to replicate what Daddy was doing. But guess what? Daddy already invented the Laker girls. You're late. Daddy already invented the nightclub at the arena after the games. You're late. Daddy already yeah. talked to Shaq and showed him the banners and showed him the the uh, the uh, you know the, the championship banners and the retired jerseys and the Raptors. You're late. You have to evolve or perish. The Steinbrenner kids don't know what the hell they're doing. The bus kids don't know what the hell they're doing. They did not pay attention. They just partied and spent that money and walked around with the ego of, I'm the son, I'm the heir to the Yankees, I'm the heir to the Lakers. The Lakers have got it right, though. Julius Randle, great pick. D'Angelo Russell, Scott Potential, all over him. Brandon Ingram, I might have taken him one overall. I know Simmons is going to be a beast, and I know I like Simmons. But give me the guy that can shoot now. Don't give me the guy that has the learn to shoot, because he may not learn to shoot. 
But the guy that can shoot now, he's not going to forget how to shoot. Shooting is like riding a bike. Once you do it once, tying your shoe, driving a stick. Once you do it once, you'll never forget how to do it again. So I, I think they're on the right path. Like the fans just need to realize, All take right. the reload out of it. You're not, you're not getting the ramp. You're not getting Westbrook. You're not getting – you're going to get LeBron, Melo, Aldridge last year. It's not that era no more. You have to rebuild and, 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 and build from the bottom. New coaches run, love the signing. Uh, even Mozgov, people made fun of the Mozgov. I had to give Mozgov $60 million. That money was nothing, man. I mean, come on, Conley's making 153 You're telling me Conley's worth 153 That's $33 million a year. Jordan's highest year ever was $30 million. They told me Conley's worth No. Agents make con- agents, uh, negotiate contracts, play the final. So yeah, the money's yeah. there, but even the Mozgov, uh, the money, and I don't mean to run off of the Mozgov. No, 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 no. Go ahead, was, go ahead. It's great because. Big man who you don't have to do certain things. Like, you don't have to tell Miles Golf to play defense. You don't have to tell Miles Golf to rebound. You don't have to tell Miles Golf to hit a 12 foot jumper. He knows when to take it, he knows when to pass. And you don't have to tell Miles Golf to beat you here at the basketball. He's not a big man. He gets the ball right. slapped away from him a lot, stumbles with the ball, things of that nature. So, for the money, you made what, 60 something million? Yeah. But you're getting an effective and he can walk into the locker room and hold up one of his fingers that's got a piece of jewelry on it and say, hey, I'll just, show you yeah. how we practiced in Cleveland. I'll show you how show we came together in Cleveland. I'll show you how we came together if you young guys are willing to listen. I got a <laughs> ring. Yeah, I may not have played a, much, a lot in the finals, but go ask, go ask still was I'm pointing to the team. They'll hey, all tell you, yeah. Hey, folks, and you so listen to the man. need to relax. And that's that's the man, D or VJ Wright. And I'm sorry, I got distracted here, VJ, because John Fisher, I'll hear John Fisher cooking with the microwave out of Atlanta, Georgia, one of your boys back in the day well, was just saying, uh, Gov, it looks like you're getting deboed by VJ here on, on, on Mike. But, man, <laughs> no, see, that's why, that's why I'm about to go, because I don't want to take over your show. No, I just uh, wanted let, to jump in. Hey, man, I just wanted to jump in, man. I was texting Dre. I asked him for the number. Y'all support my show. I wanted to send my love back, and God's blessing me. So I want to hey. make sure that I do the right thing to show God that I'm not taking my blessings in radio for granted. I'm heading to D.C. for this big convention and all these interviews with these networks and these stations. I don't want to get high on my horse, man. I want to make yeah. sure I give back to the people that support me. So, no, I tell Dredd, shut down. I'm not trying to debo yourself. That's what I'm going to go right now. I can't talk. If you notice, I run my mouth. The so brother, me, hey, that's right. That's right. And, and there ain't no issue with it. Let me ask you this before you get out of here, VJ. And sure. again, sure. Uh, before you get out, make sure you share your information with everybody. Again, this is VJ Wright. He is the host of the one and only unsportsmanlike conduct show on Spreaker.com as well. So, folks, let me say this. Uh, or, VJ, let me ask you this, man. Um, again, you're out there West Coast and whatnot. What's your take on the L.A. sports media, man? Now, we've you always hear that, you know, L.A., because of the town that it is, and like you alluded to earlier, there's so much other stuff to do in, in Southern California. What What's your take on the sports media out there? Do, do you have certain writers that you uh, uh, read and, and listen to and whatnot? And if so, share those with us. And real quick, before you do get out of here, give me your take on the soon-to-be-departed Vin Scully. Uh, number one, the uh, LA media out here is just like any other major city. A lot of owners, a lot of guys believe, like if you work for 980 The Beast, you believe the Clippers are going to be good or they're going to get over the hump of Chris Paul is in a locker room cancer and all the rumors about him and DeAndre Jr. Jordan weren't true. If you're a Laker recovered uh, person out here, I think most of them have woken up and said, you got to get rid of us, Pulaski, J.A. Donde, 
uh, guys like that that's out here. Uh, Marcellus Wiley, Max Keller, man, those guys that work for the, uh, ESPN. And uh, all the Fox clubs, even the NFL Network guys uh, that I know, uh, Kyle Montgomery and from Fox, Mike Hill. Uh, those guys are normally pretty neutral because they're from other areas. Mike Hill was at Bristol. He's originally from D.C. He was New York, right, excuse yeah. me. Went to Howard, worked in Tennessee, worked in a different bunch of affiliates before landing at ESPN and then Fox. Those guys are normally even killed, man. But and it's just like anything else, the local stuff. You got um, uh, Thompson and Trudell, and, and you have uh, uh, I, I always flip the guy's name that uh, does the Laker radio, uh, Laker radio now. Uh, a short uh, white guy with the comb over here. I always forget his name. I don't listen <laughs> right. to those shows because and, 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 and the reason Mason and Island. There we go. I knew it hit me. I don't listen to L.A. radio because you, I don't want to hear about the Dodgers bullpen for two straight hours. I don't want to hear about, you know, what the Lakers should do for three and a half hours. Like, we know what they should do. We don't need three and a half hours. But it's like any other uh, local uh, local mark. And uh, those are the guys I do like. I do like J.A. a lot. and uh, But he's really a Polak. He's more entertaining. He's a little bit of a hypocrite to me, though, because he'll bash certain people and then other people do the same thing and he kind of gives them a pass. Uh, very okay, passionate, sure, sure. so I can always respect that. Ben Scully, man, I mean, what can you say? Greatness personified. I mean, yeah. um, poetry in motion. Uh, Picasso. Uh, Bosco da Gama. Ferdinand Magellan. Uh, Ferdinand <laughs> Magellan. Uh, you know, uh, Pasta Leone. I, I mean, I can go on and on and oh, on. Oh, yeah, and, absolutely. You know, yeah, the legends of life. Malcolm X, Muhammad Ali, uh, Nelson Mandela, the, the legends of life, man. And he is one of them in his category. Uh, great respect to him. I'm not a huge, huge baseball guy, but he's called some of the greatest moments. And, uh, it, you know, it, it'll be a sad day. But, you know, guys like, I mean, he's like 118, so it's time to go do something <laughs> else, I guess. <laughs> exactly, exactly, <laughs> time to man. go do something else at this point, man. But all jokes aside, that respect to the man. Uh, I only hope that God even blesses me with his percent of what he's been able to accomplish hey, amen. Be, exactly. and do. That's the respect I have for a guy like Vince Cullen. All right, and, and you know, VJ, before we get you out of here, again, just share where the folks can find you on Twitter and Facebook, brother. Yeah, uh, Twitter is VJ Sports Talk and Comedy. Facebook is VJ Sports with a Z. And starting September 1st, every other Tuesday, y'all can catch me uh, stripper, for, stripper for change at the Jiggly Room. <laughs> yeah. under, the name, under, under the name Big Vanilla. I'm going under the name of the Big Vanilla. No, yeah. there you go. There you go. All right. Yeah. All right. Because yeah. I'm the big smooth, so I, I checked that. I yeah. checked that. All right. Hey, yeah, DJ, man. Vanilla. Just change, though. I don't want no bills. Just change. My big old bills. My girl going to know what I was doing. Just change. If she has to watch change, I got to just out on the ground walking around just looking for change. I found a bunch of change, baby. Hey, VJ, man, again, thank you so much for popping through here, brother, on Sports Done no Right. I, I could just let me tell you before you get out of here, you got the chat room on fire. Everybody has really, really, really enjoyed your call, man. So. You know, I hope we can touch base down the line. I know you're very busy and whatnot, man, but once football starts, we can get that little West Coast flavor from you, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, any time, like I said, I just wanted to pass on my blessings. God bless you. God bless your show, your family. Absolutely. Kids, Same to you. And, and all your fans listening, man. I appreciate you all putting me on. And, uh, yeah, you have a great night, man, and I'll talk to you guys next week. All right. Sounds good, VJ. Thank you, brother. No doubt. Ladies and gentlemen, let absolutely get up out your seats. And 
That is our man VJ Wright, V-E-E-J-A-Y Wright. He is the host of Unsportsmanlike Conduct on Spreaker.com. And, you know, I just jumped out and started venturing in and checking out some new shows and whatnot and, and came across VJ, man. And as you heard, the passion, I mean, you know, he's he's done this professionally. He's around the big hitters in the game. And you can tell, and he definitely brings it, man. So hats off to VJ Wright, and we will be touching base with him. So make sure, folks, you check out Unsportsmanlike Conduct. Make sure you follow him, too, man. It will be a um, a good experience. He, he's really good at what he does. He brings that energy <laughs> that you just heard. And, and VJ, good dude, man. So let's reset here. We're going to take a quick break. Then we're going to get into our last segment of the evening. We're going to touch on Dennis Green here. And again, this is Sports Done Right with the sports governor of Minnesota, Vince Wright. We'll be right back after this. It's beach body season. So if you're looking to get that beach body, there's still time with IASOT. The IASOT is a unique blend of nine all natural herbs. Just eight ounces of tea twice daily can provide you with dramatic results and have you beach ready in no time. Place your order today at www.totallifechanges.com forward slash tea team. That's www.totallifechanges.com forward slash T E A T E A M or call. 678-250-5839 that's 678-250-5839 start working on your beach body today no tricks in 86 it's time to build check out the doug stewart show monday through friday from 10 a.m to 12 p.m eastern time right here on the stewart media and entertainment network it's sports talk it's guy talk it's fun talk once again, that's the Doug Stewart Show. One half of the world-famous Two Live Stews, Doug Stewart. Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Time at StewartMediaAndEntertainment.com. Trust me, you'll have more fun than you can shake a stick at. And I got one question for you. Are you not entertained, huh? The number one cheap rocket jersey firm. Lonely Hearts Cafe. Conversations. Vince Wright, the sports governor from Minnesota. Man, microwave. Reggie Long, aka Dollars and Cents. Kicking it with you. Let's go, give it to you. Hey, what's happening, everyone? Vince Wright, the sports governor from Minnesota here. Want to make sure you're listening to Sports Done Right every Wednesday on the Stewart Media and Entertainment Network. Check us out for all the latest sports news and happenings on SME. The people have spoken, and no matter how it goes down, your sports talk, it's going to be all right. So forget the GOP, the DNC, the only party in town is at the governor's mansion. The governor of sports talk, that is. Every Tuesday night right here on Spreaker, come on over and get your sports done right. Now let's get back to the show with the big, smooth Vince Wright. Of 
Vikings and Arizona Cardinals. Coach Dennis Green died Friday at age 67 due to cardiac arrest. Green's family friend Ray Anderson confirmed the death to ESPN. Green coached 13 seasons in the NFL, making the playoffs eight times with Minnesota and leading the Vikings to the NFC title games in 1998 and 2000. His stint with the Cardinals was highlighted by his infamous They Are Who We Thought They Were rant after his team blew a 20 to nothing lead at halftime on Monday Night Football against the Bears. Cardinals president Michael Bidwell released a statement saying Coach Green will rightly be remembered as a true innovator, leader, and pioneer among football coaches. And this is the Sports Done Right, Vince Wright Sports Governor. And as VJ discussed there previously, everybody has to get that we are who they thought they were speech in there. But, you know, I get what they were saying, man. And again, Dennis Green passes away last week from cardiac arrest, 67 years old. You know, one of the uh, pioneers, folks, in, in coaches, he was only the second black active head coach in the modern NFL era when he took the job here at Minnesota. And we are very, very proud to have him here. Um, well, we'll get into it in a little bit. Um, I just want to touch on some other Vikings news as well because I got to give a shout out here. Uh, Phil Lodeholt, big offensive lineman, has decided to retire. So we first off, we want to give props to Phil Lodeholt. He's uh, he was when healthy, a very good player. So he he was trying to come back from an Achilles tendon tear. just wasn't working out. Um, You know, big guy. uh, He is definitely one of the better offensive linemen when he is healthy. But he took a $4 million pay cut um, this past March to remain on the team. And again, he says, you know, it was very frustrating when I was healthy. I felt like I played at a very high level. I thought the sky was the limit for my career. But injuries, you just can't control. And this is going to be the first fall in about 23 years, he says, that he's not going to be getting ready for football. So he's looking forward to spending time with his family and maybe hanging out at the Vikings uh, training camp with his kids and family, he says. So, again, Philip, thank you for the service, man. You're a hell of a player. And, and the Sports Gov definitely appreciates you, sir. So um, with that being said, I want to get into Dennis Green here. Because he um, did a lot of great things here in Minnesota. And I think that it gets lost um, in the in the local media here in Minnesota. Because he was very, um, you know, it, it, his hire was, was I don't want to say controversial. But this is still a time where, like we said, we didn't have a lot of blackhead coaches. And for people to you know, have an open mind about such things, even in this uh, forward-thinking state, supposedly, that we like to call Minnesota. And I, I do think it is. But, you know, Dennis Green was 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 really something here. And, you know, I'm, I'm trying to find some words here because I, I think some of this he definitely brought on himself towards the end of his career, but... You know, he brought a winning attitude to this um, this team, which was sorely lacking. So let me share some sound here. This is Randy Moss talking about his former coach, Dennis Green. 
Takes just a second here. No, he gave me a chance. He gave me a chance. You know, I remember him on draft day calling me on the phone and asking me, uh, was I ready to become a Viking? And uh, I told him yes. Um, just hearing about him passing the day and just, you know, reading a lot of the, the comments and, and a lot of the, the positive things that people are saying, Denny Green was just that. You know, those are just not words that people are saying and the words that people are printing. The things that they're saying about this man is, is very true. He, he meant a lot to me. He meant a lot to others. You know, me meeting him in 1998, you know, a lot of a lot of football fans out there in the world, you know, look at us as entertainers and, uh, you know, drafted me to Minnesota that year, you know, along with uh, bringing uh, Randall Cunningham, uh, Brad Johnson, Randall McDaniel, Chris Carter, a lot of other guys out there on the team. We had a team, and one thing he taught us was to play to one beat. There's only one ball. We have to play to one beat. So, you know, his legacy will live on, and I and like I said, my condolences to his family. Hey, and that's the great one, Randy Moss, Super Bowl homeboy, talking about his former coach, Dennis Green. Play to one beat. You know, Dennis Green being remembered as a player's coach, I think we're seeing why here. Let's take a listen to Chris Carter, the Hall of Famer, and see what he has to say. He was on the Colin Cowherd show, and this is what Chris has to say about his former coach. You know, his leadership and taking over the Vikings, and I had already been there for um, for a couple years and was really maturing and developing and really starting to – um, find myself as a human being and as an athlete. But I don't think my career would have been the same without Denny Green because the one thing he realized after watching the tape, um, Tom Moore, legendary offensive coordinator, he had Tom call me and say, Chris Carter has to be on the field. Like, we're going to win. So he started the three-receiver offense and said, I'm gonna be the, you're going to be the first big slot receiver. So we're going to use you in the slot, use you outside, yeah. not just utilize you in the red zone. So as you can see through my productivity. Um, but that was just one part of Denny Green. He also developed me as a man. He really challenged me as a leader. Um, great, gave me a great deal of responsibility. And um, I just heard your show coming on before, and you guys were talking about giving people second chances. No one took more second chances on, on human beings than Dennis Green. If you look at his track record, the players he drafted, the players he fell in love with, a lot of those were about second and third chances because Denny Green, he was all about that. You know, I from the outside, I only met him once or twice. Big personality, um, could be a very funny guy. He always did strike me as a father figure. I don't, you know, when I watch Belichick, I don't see a father figure. Um, or Coughlin, perhaps. Maybe I'm wrong. When I see Denny Green, I think father figure. Am I right or wrong? You're, you're definitely right. And if you look at a lot of the players that had success with him were guys that didn't have father figures. Myself and Randy Moss are the biggest examples of that. And he provided, he grew up in an era, you know, that my dad was familiar with. But he provided, you know, that type of folly figure. I was able to talk to him about the things that I was going through as a man. And I would say um, definitely a father figure. But also as an African-American, he really pushed the African-American players to fulfill their roles, not only as fathers, but in society. You know, to have a voice, let, make your, your life mean something. And, um, you know, he grew up in, the, in an era where Muhammad Ali, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, Wilt, I mean, all the, all the great Kareem at the time, Jim Brown, 
those are guys that had an influence on him. So privately, that influence w- was put on me, and and what a dynamic, you know, you know, director of talent. You know, that's what people. I mean, he could see talent. And from the wide receiver, that was his favorite position, I would say. Man, he knew wide receiver, and he knew the position. And that came from coaching Jerry and being involved with. with Oops, and that audio kind of cut out there. But you get the gist of it. Chris Carter telling you how he feels about his coach. Um, one thing that I wanted to do before we end this show tonight, and we are definitely in the home stretch here, I wanted to read a letter by Tony Dungy that – you know, normally I I wouldn't take the time to go through this verbatim, but I think it would be a disservice not to because I'm going to tell you real quick after this letter about some of Denny's de- detractors, some of the things that were rumored to go on here in the Minnesota press to allegedly help bring Dennis Green down. But Tony Dungy wrote a letter um, titled What We All Owe Dennis Green. And I'll I'll be be as fast and concise as I can on this. This again by Tony Dungy. In 1992, I was defensive coordinator for the Minnesota Vikings under head coach Dennis Green. We were playing pretty well with an 8-3 record in late November when Denny called me into his office. It was a late Monday afternoon heading into our week's preparation against the Rams. We're going to make a quarterback change, Dennis told me. I'm going to switch from Rich Gannon to Sean Salisbury. The offensive struggled a little, and Denny explained why he was doing it. He said the defense might have to carry us for a while. But I left the office wondering, why is Denny doing this? Why is he talking to me about the quarterback? I'm the co- I'm coaching the defense. He could just make the change, announce it, and I do my job. I didn't understand the real reason until later. This was part of or excuse me, this was part of his way of helping me get ready to sit in that chair one day. To make the kind of tough decisions as a head coach that many people take um, for granted and might not understand. You're winning. Why change? Because the head coach gets paid to see the whole team and to make decisions that are best for the whole team. And Denny wanted me to know why he was doing this. So one day, if I was ever in the same position, I wouldn't hesitate to make such a big call when I was coach of a first place team. When Denny died last week, it was heartbreaking to lose a good friend and to see his family lose a loving father and husband. But I also began to think of how indebted I am to him and how indebted so many coaches, African-American coaches and white coaches are to him. I've never been around a head coach who cared so much about members of his staff and wanted to put his staff in positions to succeed the way he did. Denny was an excellent football coach. He took struggling college teams, Northwestern and Stanford, and made them much better. He got the Vikings to two conference title games. He was terrific in raising the Arizona program. But to me, his legacy is that of a coach who made other coaches better. I'm a couple weeks away from one of the biggest honors of a football player a coach can experience, and that's induction into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio. No one ever gets there without help from scores, maybe hundreds of people. For me, one of the most important people in my journey is Dennis Green. In fact, as I reflect on it this morning, there's no way I'd ever have the success I had as an NFL coach without the mentoring and guidance I got from Denny and the team building and leadership skills I've learned from him. Denny wanted to win. He wanted Super Bowls, but he sensed the bigger picture. 
For him, it was about helping every player, every coach reach his potential. For him, when it comes to coaches, it wasn't just about the African-American coach like me and Tyrone Willingham. He helped us both immensely, but he did the same things for Brian Billick and Mike Tice and so many others. He wanted to see the league be a better. He wanted to see the league be better by having guys climb the ladder like he did, and maximize their potential. <clears throat> Ooh, excuse me. You may wonder how does a coach help his staff maximize potential? Three years into my job working under Denny in 1994, the Eagles called me and asked permission to interview me for their head coaching job. Denny called me into his office. He handed me something. This might help you out, he said. I took into my hands a four-page document he put together with tips for head coaching interviews. He thought of everything, and he, we went over it together, covering all the things he thought the Eagles would ask me. What's the most important thing you'll do in the first week on the job? What do you want to accomplish in the first month? How do you want to work on personnel? How will you and your coaches work with scouts? What do you want from scouts were some of the questions. I mean, there were so many things I never thought of. And if Denny didn't drill, drill me on them, I'd have, I'd, I would have struggled to answer so many of those questions. Will you want to have a radio show? Who knows? That was so unimportant to me. But Denny felt I needed to be ready for everything. And I was. A year later, after some more fine-tuning, I interviewed with Tampa Bay, so ready for that interview, and I finally got my chance to be a head coach. The other thing I didn't know at the time but learned later is how much Denny Green did for his coaches without them knowing. He'd pick up the phone and call owners and universities on behalf of assistants. That's the kind of thing you never forget. And those of us who worked for Denny never forgot it. When I was coaching the Bucks after the 2000 season, I was looking for a quarterback coach. Denny called me and said he knew someone I should look at, Jim Caldwell, the head coach at Wake Forest University. He said, I think you should interview him. He's a good fit. He'll fit in well with your staff, and I think you'll like him. And I did that, and Jim and I hit it off immediately. I hired him. He was a tremendous quarterback coach for us in Tampa and Indianapolis, now he's, been on the head, now he's been the head coach of the Colts and the Lions, and the players swear by him. Denny helped Jim get into the NFL, but not by strong-arming anyone to hire him, but simply by saying, just talk to him and you'll be impressed. Observing Denny for four years, I learned so much that I put into my own coaching book. That's the biggest thing he preached, was that every person in the organization, no matter what job they had, was a vital part of helping the team win. Larry Fitzgerald was a ball boy on a couple of Dennis Green's early Vikings teams, and I'm sure Denny told Larry he was going to help the team by working hard and being the best ball boy he could be. He used to take pride in the fact that we might not have the most talented 53-man roster in the league, but every one of those players was going to have a role. Every player would be great at the role that they had, and each player would do something to help win that year. Denny also let his coaches coach. He believed in hiring people and letting them work. He told me, this is the way I want my defense to look. It's your job to get it done. And he allowed me to make the decisions I felt I had to make to get it done. He did this with his entire staff. That allowed him to concentrate on the overall team. So I'll just wind it up. Last paragraph. There's one last story to me that tells you all you need to know about Denny Green. In 1998, we were coaching against each other in the same division. I was in Tampa, Denny obviously in Minnesota. We'd start to play better and had become a playoff contender. 
That year, we got two Monday night games, and I had forgotten exactly how Denny adapted the schedule around Monday night games when we were together. Even though we were now competitors, I felt comfortable calling him and asking him for advice on setting the schedule, and of course, he helped me. It wasn't in his team's best interest to help the opposition, but Denny did it because he wanted to see me, one of his guys, do well. And he did it because Dennis Green always helped. Folks, there you go. Dennis Green. Now, it wasn't always pretty up here in Minnesota. He, towards the end, Dennis Green did have issues. The press started going very hard on him. There was an infamous rumor that certain members of the the Twin Cities media had a quote-unquote cabal meeting, (laughs) which was these reporters supposedly met literally in their own situation room off the grid somewhere and made a vow that they were going to get Dennis Green fired. Bad press bad um you know information and remember this is a time now before social media so the fans are driven by what they're reading in the newspaper you know sports radio is just starting to take off you know in the mid 90s so that's still somewhat of a new medium there and you got to realize man nowadays we got all this stuff at our disposal back then no way no way so um you know, Dennis Green made some missteps here. There were some sexual harassment allegations. There were um, some very interesting post-game news conferences with certain members of the media. And I, I will say this. Uh, the, the Minneapolis spokesman, I think it's called the African-American, the black newspaper in town, um, Larry Fitzgerald's father, Larry Fitzgerald Sr., is the sports writer there, the sports editor there. He is very, very close with Dennis Green or was very close with Dennis Green. And he, to this day, and you can go Google, he has articles out there talking about how they, you know, he thought it was very racist of these folks up here, how they ran Denny out amongst some other African-American coaches up here in the Twin Cities. And I find it very interesting that a lot of the local media this week did, in fact, admit that race did play into this a little bit with some people that they know and i thought you know maybe we're moving forward a little bit at least people are starting to admit it now so it's not just black people crying hey um you know it's racism there was a tinge to that to how they treated him up here and let me share some other numbers before we get out of here. We got just under five minutes left, and I'm just going to read some of the chat as well. I see you out there, RC. RC, real quick, says, and we were 15-1 and one in 1998, our one regular season. Um, loss was to Tony Dungy's Bucks. That's right. So amongst that, there's some other things, though, um, that I got from Dennis Green's actual website, DennisGreen.com. Um, because you know, he did a lot of speaking and whatnot. 2001 community coach of the year, the world sports humanitarian hall of fame, the first individual to receive that award, a model for other coaches. They said he was the sports illustrated coach of the year in 98, uh, Maxwell club, club coach of the year in 98. He was also inducted into the boys and girls club hall of fame in 1998 Professional Coach of the Year in the Upper Midwest, the Midwest Sports Channel, which is now Fox Sports uh, North here locally. 
He was honored by the Washington Touchdown Club, United Press International, as NFC Coach of the Year in 1992. Dennis Green also, um, between 1992 and 2000, most trips to the playoffs, eight. Um, Highest winning percentage in Vikings 40-year history at the time. He had the best winning percentage in the National Football League of all active coaches in the 1990s. And he has the best league record from 1992 to 2092 wins against 52 losses. Um, You know, also one of the things, too, that I definitely want to touch on very quickly is how he turned around. Well, he turned around Stanford. Their first year, they were 3-8 and in 89, 5-6 and six in 1990. And I think 1990, though, one of those five wins was a knockoff of top-ranked at Notre Dame. You know, also in, um, you know, in Northwestern, he helped get that program at least turned back into the right direction. You know, he didn't get the overall victories, but it was more about what he brought in terms of a coach and the attitude and whatnot um, there. His years with the Vikings, 1992, comes in 11-5, and five, new sheriff in town. But you know what? The playoff victories weren't there. That's what got the fans riled up here locally. Um, you know, these great records. And obviously in 98-15-1, and, and, you know, people forgot that we were playing a team. And this is one thing that I would say during that 98 season, as great as our Vikings were, Cunningham, Moss, Carter, I mean, everybody, Robert Smith, whatnot, the team that was coming in to play us was 14-2, and okay? This wasn't some downtrodden team. These Atlanta Falcons were for real, and unfortunately, the, the fans, the sports media in Minneapolis in 1998 got ahead of themselves. They started playing, you know, the Will Smith song, Going to Miami, and they had remixed it with Vikings lyrics and all this stuff. And the sports governor, who was just a sports constituent back then, was saying, hey, am I the only one in the state that doesn't realize that the team we're playing is 14-2 and and it can very well come in here and beat us? And obviously we saw what happened. Denny Green, what he brought was an uh, uh, attitude. He brought great coaching skills. He bought a a great football mind to Minnesota. His coaching tree proves that. Tony Dungy, um, you know, Brian Billick. Uh, you know, we talked about others before. I mean, it's you know, on and on and on it goes. And, you know, he just, you know, it takes times like this when somebody passes away that you kind of go back and really realize how great of a coach he was. And also the trailblazer that he truly was as well. Um, that ninja in the chat room says, y'all ain't done ish since Dennis Green fired too quickly. Well, you know, Ninja, he was here for 10 years. And, you know, in, in the world of coaching in the NFL, 10 years is a lifetime. And like I said back then, you know, he, he you know, he the last season was the one because here's the thing. He was 5-10 and 10 that last year. He had made a play. He had actually penned an article and put plans out that he was basically going to try and put together an ownership group and basically buy the team from out, of, out from under the present owners. Uh, a, a little coup d'etat, as it was called up here in the day. Um, didn't happen, obviously, but just one of those things, man. 
Yeah, RC, that Miami song, worst loss in Vikings. Yep, we're going to Miami. Remember the old Will Smith song? They put that Viking crap on there, and I love. Yeah, you get it, RC. You get it. But anyway, man, Dennis Green, please, sir, um, rest in peace. You are not forgotten here in Minnesota. And I think as time goes on, and and it's already kind of played out, uh, you know, amongst the the Vikings fan here. Uh, Vikings fans, Dennis Green has received a lot of positive words, as he duly should. And that ninja says, playoffs for eight straight years, didn't make it for two and get fired. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately, that's the way it was. That's the way it was. And the Vikings did pay a price there for a little bit because um, they had some coaching issues for a minute. But I think, personally, it was good for Denny because he was able to get to Arizona you know, new blood, kind of recharge the batteries in a new setting. And he went down there and it showed you exactly, folks, what he did here. And that's coach. He got that ship turned around down there. He brought the attitude. Forget that BS, you know, Chicago game and the are who we thought we were. Like VJ said, man, you know, they'll play that nonsense all day. Remember the coach. Remember the numbers that we went over here. Remember 97 wins against 62 losses during his career. Yeah, you know, he he only was 4-8 and eight in the playoffs, but we got there. And again, Denny, rest in peace. He was a University of Iowa graduate, so uh, Hawkeye love to Dennis Green. Um, he also started as a graduate assistant for his beloved Iowa Hawkeyes. He went over to the University of Dayton. He actually had a prior stint at Iowa's the running back coach. He was the Stanford running back coach. Uh, from 77 to 78 he then joins the 49ers as a special teams coach goes over to Stanford as offensive coordinator hired at Northwestern comes back to coach the, the wide receivers for the 49ers then takes the Stanford head coaching job from there the Vikings get him as their head coach Arizona after that and then he went over to uh, a little semi-pro thing uh, he coached the California Redwoods uh and I, I don't know the name of that league there, but Dennis Green is a phenomenal coach, will truly be missed. And let me get into this chat room here before we wrap up Sports Done Right. Again, folks, you can find me, Vince Wright, the Sports Governor of Minnesota, on Twitter at the Big Smooth One, the number one after the Big Smooth. Make sure you're following Sports Done Right on Facebook at Sports Done Right. Ask to join that group. We'll approve you. W-R-I-G-H-T on the last name there. And again, Spreaker.com is where you'll find my shows. Also on XSquadAffiliates.com as well. I want to give a shout out again to my posse, the Real Cast Rangers. That ninja's up in here. He's the host of the Underground Railroad Show. Um, we also got Jungle Brother. Jungle Brother, happy birthday again, my man. I hope uh, Buttercup is taking good care of you tonight, man. Um, if not, I th- or actually, Jungle may be on them roads now that I think about it. If you are Jungle, just be safe, man. Thank you for joining us. Folks, again, thank you. Sports done right. I appreciate it. And you can find us here on the Stewart Media and Entertainment Network. Make sure you check out all of our shows over at xsquadaffiliates.com as well. Kicking it with Kesey. We got the Eat, Eat, Sleep, Grind, Repeat show with Mandelion, Jersey. Um, bottom to the top show, Jersey Vern and John Fisher, by the way, making a return. We get John Fisher's show, Cooking with the Microwave, Spicy Conversations, and of course, the Lonely Hearts Cafe, hosted by Christopher Tracy and uh, the good deacon uh, Forever Love there, my main man. 
Again, folks, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Sports Done Right. First off, let me thank the chief rocker himself, Jersey Vern, for calling in. The one and only. And, of course, they're very, very pleasantly surprised by my main man, Mr. V.J. Wright, tonight. You see, hey, you heard him, man. That dude knows his sports. He knows, um, you know, you may not agree with him on everything, but he's going to bring it. Make sure you check out his show on Spreaker.com, Unsportsmanlike Conduct. Man, he is doing big things because he, he does work for Fox Sports. He's worked at ESPN. He knows these players in the game. He knows how they think, and he knows what he's talking about. And he's got his pulse or his uh, thumb on the pulse of Los Angeles. All right, folks, you guys have a great night. I appreciate you guys coming through here again. Sports done right. Make sure you're checking us out. SME, baby, Stewart Media and Entertainment Network. And check out the Doug Stewart Show every day from, oh, 9 to 11 Central Time. So for everybody in the chat room, my main man, John Fisher, the microwave. Check out Cooking with the Microwave. Everybody else, That Ninja, RC, um, we got the lovely Thorny Switch, Denise Milk and Cookies, uh, Grego obviously popped in here, Clay Davis, my main man, um, folks, and if I'm not getting to everybody, that's only because I'm running out of time, but again, um, Miss Queen, thank you, and also uh, DJ Nunu, uh, my wonderful wife, Angie Wright, the first lady of sports, Run CNC was up in here, along with John Fisher, the microwave, of course. Again, folks, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I am Vince Wright, Sports Governor of Minnesota. We gone. Unconquered, unbound, undefeated. You finally got it right. Sports done right. Check us out right here on Spreaker every Tuesday night with your host, the big smooth Vince Wright. You can keep up with all the latest breaking sports news and commentary by joining the Sports Done Right group chat on Facebook. It's about time you got your sports done right. This is a podcast.